0: to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news, and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi.
1: Oh man, I'm so happy to be back here with you once again on Private Club Radio. I'm fresh back from Los Angeles, having attended the National Club Conference. Awesome time. got to meet some folks that I've never met in person, have met on the show. People like Bill O'Brien from Troon. And I also got to meet some folks that I enjoy seeing every time I see them in person at some of these conferences. Guys like Frank Vane and Bill McMahon Jr. of the McMahon Group, Henry Delosier of Global Golf Advisors, and so many more. I want to give a big shout out to Brad Steele, Henry Wallmeyer, Cindy Vizza, Philip Mike, all the staff of the NCA who put on an awesome show. Also, John Good, who helped set up the interviews because we were doing interviews live from the NCA this year. I had a booth set up and we had a number of the speakers come right off the stage. I swept them right in and we got some interviews with them, which was really special. If you follow us on our Facebook group, the Private Club Radio Listeners Forum, you may have gotten to see some of those interviews live on live stream. I'm trying to do a little bit more live stream over there As a little bonus to our listeners for being in our group, a little behind the scenes, we pull back the curtain on what's happening here at Private Club Radio. So thanks to all our listeners. And if you love the show and enjoy listening to it and want to connect with other peers in the industry, that's a great place to do it. The Private Club Radio listeners forum. Just type in Private Club Radio in your Facebook and then it'll pull right up. Well, we're going to get right into our featured guest today. You're going to enjoy this one. Well, my next guest is Terry Clark of Club Advisors. Terry's had many top management positions. He's been general manager at Hunt Valley Golf Club in Baltimore, Maryland, Monterey Country Club in the Palm Desert, Ridgemark Golf and Country Club in Hollister, and Big Island Country Club out in Kona, Hawaii. Now he's serving as an interim manager with Club Advisors as they go into clubs around the country. And help them get out of some sticky situations. So, welcome to the show, Terry. How are you? Gabe,
2: thank you very much for inviting me to the show.
1: Yes. Well, it's wonderful to have you and especially talk to somebody who's got the range of experience that you do. With going into clubs right now, I'd love to get a feel for some of the more common issues that you guys are coming across. Can we talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Uh, And I might. Uh, date back to things that are history, but uh, uh, hopefully, I'll keep it relevant in the presence. Uh, one, uh, one of my jobs in corporate America was part of an acquisitions team on the potential purchase of properties throughout the United States. and uh, What we looked for when we went to these particular areas was to find opportunities to where we might take a club that uh, was just getting along and build it into a robust community club. And one of the things that we found most often as we did a observatory view of these clubs was that there was a complete, or not complete, but a dire need for emphasis on membership sales and retention. And any time that we saw that, we knew that we could make a mark for that membership to help them get better. Now, uh, in the interim management business that we're in today, uh, every club is different. Every club has its own heartbeat, and uh, you can go into a club and you think that you've got a toolkit full of things that can help them, and they do everything perfect. There are such clubs. We've been there, and then you can go into other clubs to where that looks glamorous. Uh, the curb appeal is wonderful, the reputation is great, and that there are tremendous opportunities for improvement within that club. So all of them are different.
1: Can you give us an example, maybe of of, of something that an issue that you walked into recently that you had to deal with or tackle in some way or another?
2: Paradise is uh, most often. Uh, portrayed in Hawaii and uh, uh, in Hawaii there is a tremendous oversupply of golf and uh, an undersupply of private club members. So sometimes you have to balance that to meet the needs, wants and expectations of the members at the same time uh, be able to financially operate the property by having Great weddings, tournaments, and even sometimes unsponsored golf play. So that's 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 a real challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah, I bet it was. So how how did you how did you take a t- challenge like that and, and turn a club around?
2: Well, you just need to uh, get the members' buy-in to the financial success of the club. And to get them to somehow overlook their demand for that space that's vacant. The space could be completely vacant, but in most cases, boards and members don't want anybody in it because that's their space. But the other, but on the other hand, uh, if that space had something going on it, it would make uh, their dues stay uh, the same or not require assessments or not require news entries. It's the same old story, Dave. You, you've heard it from many. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you find, I've, you know, I've, I've heard the term and, you know, it's kind of a trite phrase that gets thrown around, but every problem is a people problem, right? So do you find that that's the case when you're, when you're going into these clubs that generally it's a personnel problem or a problem with the culture of a club? Is that kind of where all these problems originate from?
2: Well, uh, club advisors and and my team, uh, we don't have problems. We have opportunities to share best practices that makes their job easier and makes the operations better. But if you look at people, uh, people are the only thing uh, that is most important in the operations of our private clubs. There's a, uh, I can't remember. There's a show on television called The Profit. Yeah, I love that one. I do too. And it's so simple in that he breaks down a business. And again, private clubs are a business. They can be not for profit or for profit, but they are a business. And he breaks down a business into three categories. People, product, and process, and the people is always number one, and if if you get the uh, synchronized, harmonious team working together for a common goal of membership satisfaction, membership development, or uh, satisfying the families with their uh, family needs, then that's a lot of fun. And the people are the only one who can do it. You can have the best plan in the world, but if you don't have the people to execute it and buy in and have the commitment for success, then that plan is no, not worth anything.
1: Yeah. When you go into these clubs to do this interim management, are you mindful to, to like not try to shake things up too much, or is that <laughs> the purpose you go in in with, or, or do you attack each in, in, in different
2: ways? How does it all work, Terry? Well, if you have a general manager, chief operating officer that has gotten promoted or has had a change of job or something like that, it normally takes about four months for you to announce, to screen, to telephone interview, to fly in interview, and then resettlement and installation of the new general manager. It normally takes three to four months. Our team goes in immediately provide continuity of operations, to provide uh, assistance for the uh, department heads and their staff during this transitional period, and also to uh, make the membership feel good of having operational leadership on the floor, and at the same time, it shows on the part of the board that the board cares about continuing without any interruption top leadership. So that's what we do. And, and it's a good question, Gabe, but we go in uh, not as consultants. Uh, we go in uh, not specifically as sub- subject matter experts, but we go in and we have the ability to assist any of those department heads in accomplishing their goals and their budget and their uh, objectives uh, from an assist mode. Not from, uh, uh, we know it all, we don't. Uh, Sure, we have a lot of best practices that might make their job easier, but we don't know it all. And we don't want to give anybody that impression. We just assimilate into the club and uh, be there, uh, help uh, the board, help the uh, committees, help the staff, help the vendors, and everybody else continue the operations, until permanent leadership is selected.
1: How, how long generally are those tenures when you're coming in you know, on an interim basis?
2: Well, uh, uh, most recent example was in uh, Springfield, Illinois, where uh, during Christmas uh, there was a, a resignation, and uh, we arrived there on January the 3rd, and we were there for about 10 weeks. And uh, during that 10 weeks, uh, Doug helped the board uh, on some special projects that they had on their task list at the same time helped with the executive search firm and uh, getting all of the administrative things done as it dealt with the recruiting of the new general manager and then helped with the transition to his position once he arrived on the scene that's that's uh that's a that's a normal process so on i the guess other hand,
1: are you are you drafting like a uh... Uh, job description, are you creating kind of a policy and procedure uh, to put in place, that
2: sort of thing? We generally don't get involved in creating something that the new general manager might want to change. Yeah. If uh, if there's a uh, uh, something we can help with, then great.
1: Over the last 40-some-odd 40, 40 years that you've been managing clubs, Terry... Or maybe even longer. You didn't have to bring it up, Dave. (laughs) You didn't mean to bring it up. What What are you most proud of, or what tenure was most uh, successful for you in your mind?
2: Well, I think the thing that we take away from our assignments uh, is the people that we left behind, uh, both with boards, with owners, and with staff members and members. I've been fortunate enough uh, to have uh, board presidents call me months and years later. Terry, how you doing? nice uh, i I have just get so much thrill out of the networking that has continued uh, with the people that uh, I've worked with from department heads to committee chairs and things like that over the years uh, that you know you you go in and you spend three to five years in a club. You've given a big part of your life uh, to that culture and to that institution. And uh it stays with you. And it's it's just a, a great, great opportunity to be able to do that, to serve boards and members, and then have them uh respectfully stay in touch with you and uh, uh Uh, In the old days, send me Christmas cards.
1: Yeah, the old days, he used to send Christmas cards. Now it's e-cards or uh, text
2: messages, right? (laughs) That's right. Well, we had one yesterday. Yesterday, I had a board president send me an email. He says, uh, I have lost Doug's email. Would you please send me his email uh, uh, so I can get in touch with him? And I didn't know if it was an old problem that he'd worked on or whatever, but he just wanted to get a hold of Doug. He told me he missed him. Wow, that was cool. That is very cool. <laughs>
1: what what yeah. advice do you have Terry for young managers starting out in the business uh, who really want to get things off on the right foot, whether it's, you know, what education they should be involved in, any particular training programs that they should go through, anything like that. What what advice would you give to the new guys coming up in the business right now?
2: Well, I don't know that there's anything better than what has existed with the club managers association of america uh i see recently that they changed the name to club management association of america which better illustrates uh all the different jobs in clubs uh, but being part of the club managers association is very important uh, because it provides for uh local education in the chapter that you're in Uh, It provides with networking with other professionals in your business, and you're not out there on an island all by yourself. And it provides for professional development through the BMI classes and the different certification processes they have in the association. Uh, I think that that, all of that is uh, extremely beneficial to a young manager. I think the young manager has to, one, Uh, check off those education requirements. Two, he's got to hone his skills of leadership uh, because that's all he is. Uh, He can have all the best skill sets in the world, but if he's not a leader, then he's going to have challenges. And uh, uh, work through the different associations uh, to be the best he can. Of course, we all know as general managers uh, that you're only as good as your last gig. Right. And so every one, every one of them has to be spot on. Every one of them, every day has to be at the top of the standards.
1: How about for developing people? Cause again, getting back into really we're, we're in a, a people business. Any, any advice that you might have for the young guys on how to, you know,
2: become a better people
1: person, people manager. Well,
2: well, um, it's all an investment. Uh, it's investment in time and training, uh, to, uh, develop your staff and your hourly workers, uh, to make them feel good about what they do and enjoy what they do. Um, and of course, uh, training costs money. Uh, and in almost all cases, uh, training is not funded enough. And when it comes to budget cuts, it's normally one of the first ones to go. But uh, it has to be a daily coaching and training process on the part of department heads and managers to make the club better. Uh, and, of course, be a lot of hourly skilled workers play like they don't want it and don't want to have to go through it. But after they've done it, they thank you for your investment in them.
1: Right. Absolutely. How about in terms of, uh, dealing with some boards and the different personalities you might come across? Cause if you sit in a boardroom with 11, 12 different folks. There's bound to be all kinds of different personalities and <laughs> things that you gotta navigate. Any advice about how to deal with boards?
2: Well, the master of board relations is Dick Copeland. Uh, Dick has been helping clubs, uh, relationships with boards and management for the last 30 years. And he's just absolutely his, his seminars are just absolutely great. Uh, recently, uh, Dave Duvall and Joe Abey, Abley uh, with the uh, club board professionals. I think they're a great uh, new product of education and experience in legal and accounting that uh, are available to general managers today that will uh, help them develop those relationships with their board through again training uh one of their <coughs> excuse me one of their uh key assets or key uh training modules is board orientations and it's one of the best i've ever seen and it's 30 30 questions to a board on uh what a board is and what they do uh if they could get that into clubs that would be a great improvement
0: mm-hmm. yep.
2: we have and you know the, the board relation issue uh has been going on forever uh, but that begs the thought that uh, not only are we in the membership business we're in the relationship development relationship that's developed between the board and management, the relationship that's uh, developed between the staff and members. Uh, and it's an everyday thing called relationship development at every level. Yeah, well,
1: absolutely. Well, Terry, let's talk about how folks can get in touch with you and with club advisors and, and, and how to
2: get you guys involved. Well, we have, of course, the traditional website, uh clubadvisors.com uh i am so proud of the team that we have uh they've got more initials behind their names than you even know what they are but at the same time they're all wonderful uh professionals that uh, help clubs throughout the nation um again that's our primary connection with the world is clubadvisors.com and we have plenty of information on there on how to reach out to us i have a uh i have a call at 2:30 uh, central time uh, today with a, a board i didn't know last week but they're assembling the whole board at 2:30 central time to uh give me a call uh, that's fun too uh, <laughs>
0: yeah
2: it is and meeting new people uh that's a, that's a great part of this job
1: And you've got an open line, really, for folks to get in touch with you. And if they have any questions or any subjects that they want to touch on, you guys are really open to providing that information to them. So I definitely would invite folks to check you guys out. Go to the website, clubadvisors.com. Get in touch with Terry and his counterparts over there. Terry, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. And last thing I want to say is you guys really do a great job with your newsletter, I get a number of emails from you guys. I guess you're probably doing it every couple of weeks or monthly. You do a really good job with the newsletter. How do folks find, find out how to sign up for that?
2: Well, they can sign up through the, the website, uh, and uh, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, we do send something out. Uh, what I try to do is back to that people thing. You know, we have a lot of uh expertise in the club management business, but it's really more interesting to our colleagues and our clients on what our people are doing. So they're only people related, just like uh the last one uh was about us getting into the interim executive chef assignments. And uh that's something that uh there's been a big demand for, and so we finally decided to move forward with that. Wow. And uh We've got uh, two interim executive chef assignments going right now, Uh, but we try to stay in touch with our friends, our colleagues, and our clients uh, through the email broadcasting system. Yep, you guys do really. And by the way, uh, uh, Gabe, I just this morning I did order your book from Amazon. Thank you. I appreciate that. And <laughs> by the way, you might want to check it. They said there's only seven left in stock. <laughs> it happens. They, um,
1: yeah, they have to. They've the well, last month or two, they've they've had trouble stocking them, which I'm really happy to hear about. I think people are buying them up to their boards. They're they're buying eight or ten at a time, which is really cool.
2: Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And again, thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to the time I come to Tampa. And you can take me to the Tampa Club for lunch.
1: Yep. We'll sit up on the 42nd floor and and, uh, have a couple of Mai Tais or Manhattans or something.
2: (laughs) That'll be fun. (laughs) All right, Gabe.
1: Awesome, Terry. Well, thanks so much for joining us on Private Club Radio. We'll talk to you soon. It's been
2: my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Private Club Radio. We hope you come back next week. Like I said, we'll be bringing you some of those National Club Association interviews so many good folks we chatted with out there in LA we'll catch you next week until then here's to your membership success
0: private club radio is brought to you by concert golf partners helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs concert golf has the capital expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.